Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. What a great way to wrap up the uh 2006 with a very special guest today, Ellis Booker, uh, editor of B2B Magazine. We're going to talk a lot about a lot of stuff that uh, happened in 06 and is coming your way in 07 as well. Some really, really cool stuff. Obviously, B2B Magazine is a crane communications publication as well. Uh, by the way, the advertising show is sponsored by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The advertising show, a big radio midget production. So, and this is the non-alcoholic version of the advertising show because we don't believe in drinking and driving. Right. right? We're well, drinking and broadcasting. True. Something like that. Right. So that's a good thing. Yeah. But uh, here we are with you, and we're glad you're with us here in this final day of uh, 2006. And looking forward to spending a a few segments with Ellis Booker out of Chicago mm-hmm. on the advertising show. And I think that's very interesting how you were able to get clear uh, non-alcoholic liquid in that large bottle of Sky Vodka over there, setting off to the right of the console. Yeah, would you like some? No, I'm driving. I would. Uh, the only place you can get a good, although I did find them in a store, but nothing better than an Italian restaurant, a martini with the, uh, the blue, che- blue cheese stuffed olives. Right. Well, where was that steakhouse? It was uh, in Chicago, Chicago, but I don't remember the name. Yeah. It wasn't Morton's. No. Uh, no. It was Italian. It, it was, was Italian, and, and I can't remember the name either. But, you know, after you and I had several martinis, they offered the salad, and we said, thank you, we've already had ours. <laughs> and we, we passed on that. And also our protein with the uh, blue cheese as well. That's true. There, there is no use glossing it uh, over. Uh, a Cheetos-flavored lip balm was a stupid idea. <laughs> For. This is some well, some spinoff sore other sputter in 06 is what they're saying. This is brandweek.com. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and the Salvador Dali deodorant stick? Nah, not going to work, work out, either. No. But it was nuts. It was too surreal. Uh, as uh, marketing concept pitting one of the greatest artists of the 20th century against Axe, Ban and Old Spice may have stunk, but for every dud brand extension, there were masterpieces like the American Red Cross's Emergency Radio and a Maxim Magazine Steakhouse. Hmm. Okay, that's a pretty uh, cool that, idea. You know, that's interesting. I never heard, I didn't hear about the Maxim uh, Steakhouse. Uh, y- y- a major competitor of Maxim is uh, FHM. Mm-hmm. And those are those, uh, they call them lad mags, you know. Right, and right, right. It's interesting because we've talked about this even when they first debuted those publications. And our take was, you know, you used to have to go inside the the uh, skin magazines to see what is now on the, the outside. Well, they, somebody finally figured that out, that it works better when you put it on the outside, well, right? Well, apparently, MMAP, uh, Consumer Media, has shut down the U.S. edition of FHM, which launched in 99 during the height of the lads, uh, Laddie magazine craze. With uh, conditions in U.S. worsening, uh, they have decided to focus uh, their resources elsewhere on faster-growing platforms, uh, this according to to Paul Keenan, uh, CEO of uh, EMAP Consumer Media. All uh, ad sales, rather, fell nearly 22% in 06. Magazines, of course, are struggling a bit. Uh, FHM's total paid and verified circ uh, fell 3.2% to $1.25 million, uh, in the first half of this uh, pa- of this year. I guess we have one more day here as we wrap this up, compared to the year prior, according to ABC Audit Bureau, of course, of circulation. Newsstand copies fell 6.6% because everybody would just look at the front cover, spend through it, and why do I need it? Well, yeah. Content? In other you words, kidding? you gave too much away. Exactly. Right. Is, yeah. uh, hey, I want to. We like wine. How about sure diesel jeans wine? <laughs> How good could it, it be? It didn't work. Yeah. Chicken soup 
for the Soul Pet Food and a Lamborghini Notebook Computer well, rounded out the top five most inappropriate brand extensions. I like the Notebook Computer because you could say, uh, my Lamborghini is at home, and you wouldn't be lying. That's exactly right. True. How about the, uh, uh, you would know how to say this uh, in Maui, uh, the, the Vera Wang Suite at the Hakulani yeah, Hakalani. Hakalani Hotel in Honolulu, yeah. named after Vera. Okay. Uh, how about Budweiser barbecue sauce? And then that sound like some, yo, come on over, man. We're going to drink some Budweiser and yeah. put this barbecue sauce on it. So that was the brand. Well, you know, Jack Daniels, they're just taking a chapter out of that. Jack Daniels had True. their barbecue sauce. But beer barbecue, well, people make beer barbecue sauce. Yeah, they I pour guess. beer in it when they're a little loaded. <laughs> Here, this will help. You know. And then- Let's see. Willie Nelson biodiesel fuel. Right. I've seen. I've actually seen those stations. I have too. Lance Armstrong's uh, Livestrong uh, mutual funds. All right. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> you know, Willie Nelson with biodiesel uh, makes a lot of sense because he's related to the farm farm community sure. and so forth. And that's all, I think, corn and other type products that they... Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And any time you have smoke coming out the rear end of a car, it you immediately think funny. of Willie Nelson. Yeah, especially if it smells <laughs> funny. Yes. Uh, right. uh, okay. Yeah. Hubba Bubba. Do you remember that? That was bubble gum. Uh, Play-Doh perfume. Why in God's name would you want to smell like Play-Doh? Hmm. Uh, 29,780 new products released in the first 11 months of this year, 14% increase of the same period of uh, last year as well. You know, I saw something earlier this year as well on uh, items that are collectibles that are no longer around. Ties in with what you're talking about. Yeah. Billy Beer is now up to like $2 a can. Billy so Beer. So if you saved that for the last 20 years... Actually, I have a can of that. I think you I do. do. I know. I do, I do have a can right. of Billy Beer. And, and it's now up to $2, but you would think that that would have escalated uh, more, so. especially since he died of uh, cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, of course. Yeah. Not a good thing. Hey, Patrick Myers with us here on the Advertising Show. Let's check it out. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Tell me, tell me, tell me, what is an iconoclast? That's what I kept thinking. I thought I knew it in context, but I was seeing it everywhere. I saw The Iconoclast on cable on Sundance Channel. I read about it in PR in a magazine. I saw it online. I saw it as an eight-page insert in a magazine. The Iconoclast, and they're showing people that I aspire to. There's Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Look at that, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Iconoclast. Michael Stipe of R.E.M. and Mario Botelli. What a contrast. A brilliant concept here that I want to share with you that has a learning for all of us. It's an example of zagging when the rest of the world is zigging. The brand is Grey Goose. Think back, the heritage, rated as the number one vodka, the list you've seen in print of 30 different vodka brands with Grey Goose at the top. It's the one that's got an unusual bottle. But what else do you know about it? Top vodka, more expensive. Someone along the way said, we need more imagery. But a smart agency and a smart client said, let's not just go and do what everybody else did. They created a property called The Iconoclast, where they've brought together different people being interviewed by one another. So Michael Stipe with Mario Botelli, that's intriguing. Robert Redford and Paul Newman interviewing one another. Here, my hat goes off to the agency and the client for developing a property, a 360-degree property that they could take into print, online, onto the Sundance channel, create content, eventually take it to video on demand, also taking it to retail and other places. So my message to you is simple. Create iconoclastic assets for yourself. When the agency comes in with an idea, say, that's standard. We need to create something, do less better for ourselves, own it that fits with our brand personality. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now.
You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. It's uh, back with the advertising show. Just about to join in conversation with Ellis Booker. Ellis, editor of B2B Magazine for the uh, Marketing Strategist, the only publication devoted exclusively uh, to the intersection of business marketing and business strategy. What a concept. B2B published monthly by Crane Communications reaches an audience of about 45 grand. Uh, In addition to uh, the print edition, uh, B2B offers daily and weekly email products and maintains a website. It's b2bonline.com if you haven't been there. Be a good idea to do that. Matter of fact, make it a resolution for 2007, okay? You still have time to execute that. So we've got um, Ellis coming up for a few segments here on the Advertising Show, and that is coming up next on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Well, what do you think? Uh, New Year's Eve, Bromo Quinine, probably good thing to go together, right? Tomorrow. There you go, tomorrow, not tonight. Mm-hmm, right. Wouldn't be good to do it tonight. No. The reason I like uh, Ellis as well is because he's a grad of uh, Oberlin College, and that's a good place to be graduating from. So, Ellis out of Chicago, Ellis Booker, B2B Magazine, and welcome back to the advertising show. Thanks, guys, and happy almost New Year's. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. And, and by the way, we, we heard that you have your own uh, podcast now, so we want to make a, make it clear that all the shtick that we do, keep, you can't steal our stuff, Alice. So just no, keep I, that. I would never steal your stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a real nice thing to say. <laughs> that is good. And Alice has been on the show before, so if you like today's uh, No, we show, can say we taught Alice everything he knows. That's right. That's right. Which he lost in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, if you like, uh, like today's program, uh, you want to hear more from Alice, just check our archives and uh, put Ellis's name in there, and you'll, you'll come up with when he's been on in the past. Uh, you know, we had uh, the CEO of the Word of Mouth Marketers Association on uh, several weeks ago, and we were talking about uh, the issues of uh, bloggers. And, you know, the big issue, I think, that was in the news lately, Ellis, has been uh, the problems that Walmart suffered with uh, uh, some uh, matters pertaining to that, and Edelman, uh, the uh, the PR firm that was behind that, they struggled with how to even handle the backlash on on the realization that uh, you know what Walmart was doing was not uh, on the up and up. For those that may not be familiar with it, if you uh, can recap what happened there, Ellis, and then I want to get your take on on how companies are dealing with the negative uh, bloggers that happen out there when when somebody goes online and decides right, to speak right. unfavorably. So, yeah. So blogging is part of uh, a topic that we at B2B have been covering for over a year now, and this is social media and user-generated content, blogs, podcasts, uh, uh, social networking sites, uh, all that stuff. And, and essentially, and this this came up at um, the Orlando meeting of the American Marketing Association, uh, uh, the theme at that uh, conference that I attended, the M Planet conference, was how uh, marketers are increasingly no longer in charge of their brands. The people are, are are basically talking about your stuff and your companies outside of your control. So what do you do about that? We uh, we did a story, a terrific story, I think, at B2B a few months back, um, the, the title of which, the headline of which was Embracing Bad Blogs. And the question on the table was, what do companies do when, uh, when uh, some of the community comes out and flames them 
uh, and, and gets bad press. And what was interesting about that article was the number of times that thoughtful companies have been able not to put their head in the, in the sand, but actually go to these influential blogs and explain their point of view, maybe not, maybe not turn the ship 180 degrees, but maybe change it, turn it 90, uh, and get the community rethinking and maybe uh, to a more positive spin. It's a very interesting change, and, and the, the major takeaway, of course, is you can't simply put your head in the sand about this stuff. It's out there, and you have to engage it. And what would your advice be to someone? I'm assuming that you say when they circle back around and, and engage with the negative blogging and, and try to, you know, uh, right the wrongs or clarify or whatever, that, that these companies that are doing this are doing it on the up and up and, and representing themselves yeah. as, well, what happens, uh, what would your advice be to someone that says, why don't we covertly go in and try yeah, to change exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. So one of, the, one of the principles, and I'm sure that Andy Cernovitz, who heads up the word of mouth um, Right. Uh, associate, Word of Mouth Marketing Association uh, probably said the same thing, and that is transparency is very important in this new environment. Um, if you get caught uh, with your, your fingers in the cookie jar um, uh, deceptively misrepresenting yourself, it's going to even be worse for you. The blogosphere will eat you alive. So if you've made a mistake or if a product's not working right, um, the smartest companies actually go in there and sort of cop to it and move on from there. Yeah, and a good example. And uh, can you can you recap for our audience the members that may not be familiar with the Walmart uh, blowout here recently? I got to admit, I'm not familiar with the Walmart blowout. Yeah, um, well, in, in a nutshell, they had a uh, couple that were traveling around the U.S. and updating, uh, staying in Walmart. Uh, uh, parking lots. They were in an RV and they were uh, blogging about their trip. And come to find out, they were paid uh, paid bloggers on behalf of Walmart uh, oh, doing all of this. Well, a couple of years ago, I wrote a column. This is a kind of funny story, guys. So I, I wrote a column in which I challenged the utility of having a corporate blog. I said, you don't really want to give this thing to your CEO because the CEO, after being enthusiastic about it for maybe a week and a half, is going to say, I'm bored, I don't want to do this anymore, and give it off to a PR person in the, in the public relations department to write it under his name or her name. I said, once the blogosphere finds out that your CEO is really not penning this thing anymore, it's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you, right? Of course. So I showed up at a conference the week that our issue came out, and a guy introduced himself and said, you know, your, your assessment about, uh, about blogs is completely wrong. In fact, I'm up in my hotel room right now calling you an idiot in my blog. <laughs> so that's kind of a real-time reaction. And I, you guys have obviously been to conferences. This happened at the AMA conference I was mentioning, mm -hmm. where people are blogging in real time from the conference. They're in the audience. They've got a laptop. They've got a Wi-Fi connection. They're actually talking about the conference as the conference is going on, as the speakers are talking. You know, and, and it's almost uh, uh, edgy uh, citizen journalism happening right there, but more on a one-to-one -one basis. You know, you can't think of uh, online video without thinking immediately about YouTube. Uh, as an emerging uh, medium, online video, what can you tell us about Yeah, that? well, that's, uh, that's interesting. We, um, we at B2B have done uh, three surveys with a company called uh, Knowledge Storm um, over the past uh, the last three months of the year. And uh, the last of these was about video, online video. And one of the takeaways was 78% of their sample, it's a quite large sample, 5,300 technology and other B2B buyers, 78% uh, of these executives said 
video uh, makes online content more compelling. And what's even more interesting is that um, about 63% said that they access video at least weekly, right? And mostly for business. You would think, you know, well, maybe they're, they're throwing in their YouTube, you know, watching a funny video. But, but mostly for business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting you say that. I had a friend that sent me uh, a YouTube uh, uh, video, and I forwarded it on to a couple other people. And was I the had dog thing? Yeah. no, it was a different yeah. one. But it, the fact that uh, it was the fact that it was a uh, it was viral in a in mm -hmm. a positive way that I chose to do that. And I had been to YouTube before, but I'd never really checked it out. And mm. I think it's uh, when you talk about an emerging uh, medium, uh, online video. W w any numbers out there? Yeah. That you so um, our um, our December issue, uh, which had a lot of stuff in it, um, one of the one of the features, the page one features, was our top ten trends. It's a really good way of sort of capturing what we think is important. And um, boom in online video ads was one of the ten, right? Mm -hmm. So our estimate, rather the estimate that uh, you get from uh, companies like eMarketer, which aggregates other people's um, research, is that um, spending on online video ads will increase 89% between 2006, 2007. Uh, to about uh, 775 million. That's still not a huge number, but the, the rate of increase is big. Now, what's what's more significant is eMarketers saying that by 2010, spending on online video ads will reach 2.9 billion. So that's a lot of money there. Hmm. Yeah. Right. That that is amazing, and you know, uh, stick around next segment because we're going to cover all those uh, trends and expectations for 07 that not only you have in your head, but uh, Ellis, but also that was covered in your publication towards the uh, end of the year last year. Uh, and we also know that you guys have a, a survey that you do every year. It's uh, sponsored by B2B Magazine. It's an annual survey, uh, and you guys surveyed 569 marketing execs, and there had a lot of surprises in that particular uh, survey. And we're going to cover that Talk next segment that as, as well. well. But well, I want to save that, both of those, for next segment because I wanted to tease it a little bit. Well, you did. Yeah. Didn't give it too much away, actually. And in fact, straight. put that shirt back on. You're, you're teasing <laughs> me now, right? <laughs> Ellis Booker, our special guest here on the advertising show. Uh, as we wrap up 2006, be safe out there if you're on the bout. Uh, B2B Online is the uh, website for the uh, publication, B2B Magazine as well. And uh, we uh, look forward to more conversation here, a couple of segments with Ellis. Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show being powered by Shippel.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Incredibly powerful marketing tool for online marketing. Uh, they do it right. Check it out. It's powered by Tendency as well. Chippel.com. We'll be back with Ellis here in just a moment on the Advertising Show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is the Advertising Show. Day. Today you've got a run and start. You're a man who feels the part. It's your lucky brew day today. Get your day off to a running start. I've seen punch in a uh, bathtub before. That's a pretty nice party we have going on here. Yeah. On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, our special guest as we wrap up 2006. It's Ellis Booker, editor of B2B Magazine. Welcome back to the show, Ellis. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and before we uh, jump back to the trends that you uh, covered last late last year, let's stay with the uh, let's uh, pick up on the. Uh, the uh, annual survey that you guys did. What's the formal name of the survey? Yeah, so every year we do at the last issue of the year something called our uh, 
marketing priorities and plans survey. Right. And what, what were the highlights? Uh, you... So, yeah, let me run through the highlights. Yeah. Um, first of all, we compiled the online responses from about 569, not about, actually 569 marketing executives during the last two weeks of November. Um, what it showed was an uptick in marketing budgets for 2007. So 62.7% said that they plan to increase their budgets. Uh, that was compared to about 607 when we did the, the survey a year ago. But just as significant, the ones who said that they were going to increase their budgets, the mm-hmm. largest group, about a third, said they were going to increase their budgets about 20% or more. So it's a big hike, right? Um, offline marketing is also going to see healthy gains. About 50% said that they plan to increase direct marketing. 44% said they're going to boost spending on events. And, of course, we can talk about online. The the only bad thing for somebody in publishing like myself is that only 33.6% said that they were going to increase spending in print advertising in 2007. So that means you have to focus in on your online product. Uh, We have some new new products that we're going to roll out in 2007 (laughs) to capture some of this uh, interest, yeah. Hey, you know, let's go back to what you said about the uptick in marketing budgets. Uh, You know, is this just an increase in uh, customer acquisition cost? Is this um, more branding effort? Put in another direction. What's exactly. going on? Exactly. So we asked we, every year. We ask what um, what respondents what their primary goal is, right? And so customer acquisition. You you picked it there, um, Brad. It was picked by about sixty two point three percent. So that was their top um, interest, right? After that came brand awareness and drops all the way down to nineteen point five percent. Then customer retention was eleven percent. And then other goals like uh, new market growth, product penetration, research, positioning, that was about 7.3%. Hmm. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, a larger percentage are going to be going 20%. I think you said that a third of the respondents were going to be uh, going or more were going to be spending uh, more money, if I made that note correctly, on uh, online. Actually, it was market. 30% said that their increase would be 20%. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. And I know one of the subjects, uh, certainly a hot subject right now, is online uh, marketing. And I know you guys covered some Internet stats as well, Ellis. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So we asked about the Internet, and it's just it's just huge. So 76% of the sample said that they would be increasing their online uh, only 22% said they were going to hold it flat, and just a little smidgen, 3%, said that they actually decrease it. Hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, before I forget, I want our audience to know oh. that – I'm sorry. Right, before I yeah. – so we also drilled into that, and we said which online medium will grow the most as a percent of that budget, mm-hmm. right? And the website, people tend to forget because of all the attention given to Google and search and everything, but the website is really taking a lion's share of people's spending. So in our survey, the Marketing Priorities and Plans survey, 32% of our sample said that was the top recipient of, of these increases. Well, obviously, uh, Ellis, and you know this, if you're a company and you're thinking about doing online marketing, you got to have your own store in, 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 in shape or in order, and your mm-hmm. store is your website, and that's where you're driving traffic in most cases mm-hmm. from an online marketing effort. And I just wanted to mention, you know, you're also the editor of Media Business uh, Magazine as well, so... Uh, you know, I think that's just an excuse to drive you into a higher tax bracket for uh, the people. Yeah, media that... business to explain is um, so if B two B goes out to business marketers, right. media business goes out to um, uh, publishers of of trade magazines, right? Uh, and uh, so we get both sides of the coin. It's a very interesting. Uh, 
a portfolio of magazines to have. Yeah, and, you know, it's not like, I guess, you, you know, they decided you weren't working hard enough at the uh, B2B publication. <laughs> you had to get some more mileage. Well, I had to redo my business card. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, front side and back side. It's two, two-way printing on that now. Uh, let's go to the uh, trends and expectations for 07. And you mentioned that in the uh, in one of your publications, you guys had an extensive article or, or a feature on that, uh, Ellis. Uh, in particular, I want to talk about the use of uh, so-called Web 2.0. First of all, right. let's define what Web 2.0 is for our audience. So Web 2.0, we actually, it was such a complicated question that we have in this package of stories in the November issue of B2B. Uh, we have the main story with a great headline, Web 2.0, Join the Revolution. And uh, I've got to give you the deck because mm-hmm. I think it was nice. Welcome to a world where customers control how they interact with each other and you. Believe it or not, that's a good thing. And then we also had a, uh, a, a companion story with the headline, What Exactly is Web 2.0? <laughs> right, right. Uh, because there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, basically, think of it this way, that the uh, Web 1.0 was uh, making sure that your you know static text content is is up so you can communicate outbound to people who come to your back to your website or you send your emails out. Web 2.0 is much much more around making interesting sandboxes where your your audiences can engage each other and contribute information and and, and look at the growth of uh, the poster child for uh, Web 2.0 MySpace. Uh, and uh, and YouTube, where people are posting gazillions of pieces of so-called user-generated content. Hmm. You know, and you're touching on uh, a little bit of social media with regard to user-generated. And real quickly, less than, what, 30 seconds, Ray? Even less than 30 seconds. Well, let's hold for next segment. I want to talk about the ROI and how you gauge ROI in social media. We'll do that afterwards. There's a guy that turned down an invitation to go to a New Year's Eve party to be in the end show. What a guy. Alice Booker with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Back in a minute. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. When you say but, you've said a lot of things nobody else can say. When you say but, Okay, I was joking about the non-alcoholic part of The Advertising yeah, Show. Right? Hand me one of those. We had to throw that in there. As we wrap up 2006 with Ellis Booker, who is uh, editor of B2B Magazine out of Chicago. Uh, Ellis, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and uh, social media, obviously something that a lot is uh, happening out there, and you talk about uh, losing control and turning over control to consumers is a good thing. I think a lot of companies are coming around in that er, in that regard, a lot struggle with that still. How do you gauge an ROI with social media? Well, that's you, you just hit on um, what I think is the, the – the biggest problem for both marketers and, and frankly, publishers, um, and that is w- w- we see all this activity out there, all these people engaging each other and, uh, and brands on these, um, on these sites. We want to get part of the dialogue. We want to jump into the pool and play. And yet the question then becomes how do we cost justify it? How can we get a return on investment out of this environment? Um, and that, frankly, has not been sorted out. In our um, December issue, we, the top ten trends uh, for 2007, um, we interviewed a guy who said, as marketers use new interactive technologies such as online video and social networking, they will need more sophisticated ways to measure user engagement with the experience. So it's not just clicking through anymore. 
you can't measure that necessarily because things are happening at a more sophisticated level. Uh, and, and so a whole new measurement, if you talk to the guys who, who build uh, uh, web analytics applications, they'll tell you they're coming up with whole new uh, uh, protocols for w- what is success. It's no longer right. did the guy click. Right. So how do you gauge user engagement? Well, for example, how long someone stayed with a video, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how many forwards to a friend, if yeah. you can track that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how many people, you know, came in to the site immediately after you did something else and then, and then um, what they did once they got there, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's going to require a whole new infrastructure, and it's going it's, it's to require... Um, as I said, new measurement protocols, uh, but also new design points. Uh, um, you know, it, it, this is a whole new way of thinking about your campaign. You know, uh, yeah, and I think that you're right. It takes a whole new way of looking at it and uh, also another, you know, in terms of new new visitors versus uh, return visitors. I know you, you uh, attended the Web Analytics Association eMetrics Confab in uh, right. D.C. last month. Right. Uh, any uh, highlights, uh, takeaways? Well, they, they, um, they kind of captured that idea by um, having a keynote about the death of the page. In other words, uh, the web page is dead. They sort of they, they gave it a funeral mm-hmm. uh, with the notion that these uh, Web 2.0 applications where you're engaging people interactively, uh, it really does away with that notion that the web page is a sort of a static document that people are looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people will be able to go into web pages shortly and, and design them uh, for themselves and, and move stuff around and show it to their friends. And all that activity will be tracked. And then the question is, how do you analyze uh, how do you analyze all that activity and what does it add up to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I think most of us uh, understand that it's the depth of of your uh, of your site and where people are going after they hit that splash page or that home page, and it's not just about driving traffic to a uh, a URL anymore. You're exa- you're exactly right. That must have been an interesting uh, uh, event to attend. So the one last thing that I'd like to mention is this is the American Marketing Association event in in Orlando, their mm-hmm. first their inaugural M Planet mm-hmm. event. And they had a speaker. They got some great speakers at this at this uh, conference. But um, they had the CEO of IBM uh, speaking, um, uh, whose name is uh, get it in a second. Darn, uh, <laughs> Samuel uh, Palasamo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Sam was talking about uh, IBM and its its uh, international activities and so forth. But he made a he made a what I thought was a very compelling point. And they said marketers are critical these days because things are are moving to a commodity global environment and so what will distinguish company a from company b is increasingly going to come down to companies that can explain their their innovations not just their products but what they're innovating right and uh, in terms of products and services and uh it was a very it was a it was a challenge to the audience to the marketers in the audience but it was also an interesting way of looking at the value that marketers bring to the whole equation uh, in terms of communicating the corporate message. 
Uh, Alice, I want to say thank you uh, for taking time out. Time flies so quickly. You've got so many great things going on. We want to, to encourage folks to go to b2bonline.com and check out what Alice is all about. And, of course, uh, many uh, best wishes to uh, Crane Communications as well as you move into 07. Now, with the uh, show over, you can actually go to the party, Alice. All right? That's fine. I'm on my way. There you go. Uh, and uh, we invite you to stay with us here at the Advertising Show. One more second as we wrap up 2006 with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. I dread to think what became of her. That haunting, exquisite creature. A note of music. Save me. A thoughtless word from any one of us. A disturbance of the air could start an earthquake in her. No one could protect her. Dearest from the passion she inspired. It's the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Uh, thanks so much uh, for uh, Ellis Booker being with us today. Ellis Booker, editor of B2B Magazine. B2B Online is where you can find it, obviously, online. It's very good. A little bit sunny in the studio. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's uh, we're wrapping up the year here. Uh, looking forward to a really cool uh, 2007 as well, as far as the Advertising Show goes. Yeah. And hopefully you're doing some exciting things as well. We've got a, a special guest coming up in uh, 2007 for the very first First show. This is Eileen Gittin, CEO of a company called Blurb, B-L-U-R-B. We'll have to ask Eileen what Blurb, uh, how she uses that, and, and actually how she found the uh, the name of that company as well. But what Blurb is is for folks who have an opportunity or a desire to uh, do some self-publishing, mm-hmm. and uh, what what happens is you can do that, and you can do that with as little as one book if you want to do that, uh, and it's really not that expensive. It's very simple. It's of course desktop publishing of the, uh, the new millennium, and uh, according to uh, Eileen, it, it looks great and uh, tastes great, too. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, but anyway, we have, uh, we have uh, Eileen coming up next week on the advertising show. Yeah, and it was uh, interesting with, uh, with Alice uh, today. He's, he's been on the show uh, before, right. and he's a, always a great, uh, great guest to have. You know, I found this very strange here because it surprised me. The most visited websites in the U.S. don't happen to be... Americans that hmm. are visiting those particular sites, according to new data by uh, uh, Comscore. Really? Of the majority of the top 25 U.S. websites. Here's, here's some numbers that just blew me away. Among the top five U.S. sites, seven, uh, Yahoo drew 75.9% of its 780 million visitors from somewhere else other than the U.S. Hmm. At Time Warner, uh, 50% of their sites were worldwide uh, visitors uh, from abroad. Uh, Microsoft, 79% of their traffic outside of the U.S. And Google, this is surprising, 79% of the total visitors were outside of the U.S. So when you, uh, of course, you know, the days of just having a static banner ad up there, right. that would be reaching, you know, the wrong people. And they yeah, don't do right, that nowadays. Right, right. So uh, 70% of, uh, over 70% of eBay's visitors come from abroad as well. So I guess... Uh, you know, it's okay if somebody outside of the U.S. wants to buy an item. They would welcome them. Sure. And I guess there might be a shipping issue there. You would think so. Yeah. A big one. Yeah. You want to, So you're in uh, Nova Scotia, and you want to uh, <laughs> buy my 59 Beetle, exactly. Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I had wow. no idea those numbers were like that. Wow. Uh, there's something about, uh, what is this? It's... Um, 
Oh, gosh, where is it? Williams-Sonoma. Great mm-hmm. great place. Oh, yeah. As families gather uh, and the new year approaches very quickly here, many young uh, suitors will get down on one knee and pop the big question, right? guess that's the time of the year to do that. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is uh, December, the most popular month for engagement, wedding specialists say. In Williams-Sonoma, uh, the kitchen retailer wants to be in front of the newly engaged couples as soon as possible. The company creating an advertising campaign like a fairy tale uh, to uh, to run in bridal magazines that will hit newsstands. Uh, actually, this month it's going on. Uh, and basically what they're suggesting is they're, they're bringing uh, love and linens together in one uh, lovely package. Yeah. So it's uh, good stuff. Williams-Sonoma, really a high-class operation anyway, right. uh, but it's nice to see when they accentuate that uh, high-class image with uh, some good stuff as well. Here's Jeffrey Gitterman on the advertising show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Meeting someone on the phone Cold calling them, even from a referral, is not the best way to start any relationship. Oh, it can work. I'm just saying it's not the best way. When you meet someone face-to-face, you can see them and hear them at the same time. This is 100 times more insightful. Networking is the best way to create that initial face-to-face meeting. It doesn't have to be a a business after hours type of thing. It can be any kind of three-way lunch, trade association meeting, even an annual convention. The reason face-to-face is so powerful is that your prospect can get to like you faster. They can get to know you and like you faster. The more they like you, the more they will buy from you. People don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Wherever you network... Understand that whomever you're networking with will build rapport that leads to appointments that leads to sales. Lots of sales. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Thanks again to Ellis Booker, our very special guest today here on the Advertising Show, editor of B2B Magazine. And once again, an invitation to uh, uh, check out uh, next week's show, which will be a brand new year, 2007. It's uh, Eileen Gittin, CEO of Blurb at Blurb.com. Mm-hmm. Did you see this uh, CBS Outdoor? This is funny. All right. Real quick. Uh, city officials in San Francisco ordered the immediate removal of cookie-scented strips from bus shelters mm-hmm. one day after they went uh, up as part of a marketing uh, campaign to promote milk. This is the people who promote milk, the California Milk Processors Board. Uh, the company was asked by the Municipal Transportation Agency, which runs the city's public transit system, and has jurisdiction over the shelters to remove the scented strips. They said uh, the move came amid public concern over potential allergic reactions to scented products. Hmm. Come on. Under the advertising contract, the uh, the Municipal Transportation Agency can request the removal of ads deemed objectionable. Uh, it's scented uh, adhesive strips affixed uh, to the interiors of the bus shelters in the Union Square Financial District and Hill neighborhoods. You gotta be kidding me. It's weird. So, all about lawsuits. 
they're gone. Yeah. Well, that's like we talked about with the Christmas trees. Right. Maybe we didn't talk about that. The, you know, the, the, the airport that had the, the trees up and uh, a rabbi wanted them. Yeah, yeah. Eddie no, menorah. You, you talked about that. I thought immediately about your Christmas tree in the spring. The 12-foot scented deodorant Christmas tree. Right. right exactly. Right. So, uh, listen, make it a safe New Year's, okay? Be careful out there. Because we want you back next week for the brand new first show of 2007 at theadvertisingshow.com. Hope you enjoyed it today and hope you join us as we move into 07 as well. Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. And you can visit them online at adage.com. So, uh, any resolutions you've broken so far? Uh, several, and we'll get into those next week. Big Radio Midgets production.